So the first thing I say is like, just look into my eyes. Look, look at me. I need you to look at me. I need you to look at me. And I'll keep saying that until they start looking at me. And I will not start talking. There's no conversation until they've looked at me. And once I have that eye contact, you start to build a little trust because they're going to look into my eyes and they're going to see that I'm just a mom or someone who's caring about them. And I'm just here to communicate with them. I just want to tell you something. And then I will start to say, you know, tell me what, what, what's going on. And I'll let them talk because if I just make assumptions about what they're scared of, it might be wrong. Um, and also just, just so that I'm letting them speak, I'm letting them have a voice. Welcome to the Truth About Dentistry podcast. I am Dr. Peggy Bound, a successful solo dental practice owner in St. John, New Brunswick. After years of figuring out how I wanted to practice, I now run a fully digital clinic providing my own brand of dentistry on my own terms. It wasn't easy and I'm still learning, but I know I have so much knowledge to share. This podcast is created to help inspire young dentists or anyone looking to transition to a more digital practice. I aim to give you actionable step-by-step strategies to help you navigate the modern dentistry landscape. If you're looking to become more digital, improve your skills, or even have a more profitable practice, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get started. Welcome back. It's great to be here. Thank you, Quincy, for filming me today and taking good care of our podcast needs. You know, she's always there taking out my ums and ahs. So you think I talk perfection? Probably not. Today, I wanted to talk about a situation that can easily come up. It doesn't come up so much for me anymore, but I spent years kind of, I guess, improving this approach and something that I hadn't really thought about talking about but if you're a younger dentist and you're seeing children in your chair or you're seeing you know and again kids today are changing ever I find there's a lot more anxiety in kids and uh, parents are baby I don't want to say baby and kids <laughs> but they there's a lot of dynamics going on and when we have dental decay on the rise and we have you know kids coming in with a lot of cavities and things like that we have to find a way to manage them as much as we can without or sedation and I mean maybe you have nitrous and that's fine too but I really think that often what seems impossible is really always pretty manageable it's all about how you communicate with not just the child the the you know the patient but it's how you communicate with the parents and you get to control the environment and a lot of times as dentists we forget that we're trying to do dentistry which is hard enough and then we're trying to do it on a patient that may be crying wiggling shaking screaming and then we have a parent maybe in the room and they have their little sibling with them and they're like moving around and now we've got you know the parent might be saying something to the child that's not being helpful to your cause and then the assistant's trying to talk to the child so I have some basic rules um, on how I manage pediatric uh, care in the office and how I've been I believe been quite successful certainly I'm going to give credit to my dental assistant uh, who's there by my side to support what I'm doing there's no way you know nobody does pediatric dentistry without their assistant so the assistant also plays a role and that's a key thing is to not just train yourself on how to manage these appointments but also train your assistant in how to be the best help to you and the patient and maybe the mom now first things first I guess so generally a a child will come in and 
often either the parent comes with them or they doesn't. But let's just use the scenario. The child comes in because she's, oh, I don't know, let's say she's 12 or 13. I know we're talking about a 12 or 13-year-old girl, so you don't really think like they're going to be really screaming and crying. You kind of expect that with a 5-year-old. Now, this approach to me can be used anywhere, any any age. But really, um, you know, we see sometimes pre-adolescent girls and, and just some kids are just, they're just not very confident and they're really scared. And like you can tell when someone's really afraid and you can tell when they're playing you or maybe I can. Um, <laughs> I, if I, if I see, you know, the child is, is in like their body, their body language is very, um, looks fearful, looks coiled, looks shaky. You know, they need a blanket. They, and again, that's something you can do for them. Um, and you, they kind of get through it, but they're really not doing well. And you, you just know, this is going to be a hell of a appointment, right? You want to start just talking to them and looking into their eyes and having conversations, <clears throat> not letting them know that you're going to st- to, to not do this today, but you're going to be very firm, but in a very compassionate way. So again, this is hard to explain because I don't have the child and I can't really do a reenactment of what just happened. And I'm just talking about this also because it reminded me, because I had to kind of do a case like this with my associate a few hours ago. But the point is, is that the first thing I do is I, I come in and I and I tell them, look, I see you, I hear you, I, I see that that you're really upset, and and I understand. And I, look, I'm just a I'm a girl or I'm a I'm a person just like you. I don't want to be the I'm the doctor. You must sit there, stay still. Like that's that's really not going to work in my opinion. Again, this is just how I would do it. So the first thing I do is often if a child is crying or they're being <clears throat> showing very a lot of fear they're not going to look you in the eyes because that that's just uncomfortable for them but I'm going to make them so the first thing I say is like just look into my eyes look look at me I need you to look at me I need you to look at me and I'll keep saying that until they start looking at me and I will not start talking there's no conversation until they've looked at me and once I have that eye contact you start to build a little trust because they're going to look into my eyes and they're going to see that I'm just a mom or someone who's caring about them and I'm just here to communicate with them and I just want to tell you something and then I will start to say you know tell me what what what's going on and I'll let them talk because if I just make assumptions about what they're scared of it might be wrong um and also just just so that I'm letting them speak I'm letting them have a voice so I think that's important and then once I do that I'm really listening to what they say depending on what they say uh, and depending on how severe the decay is. So let's get to that point. If this is decay that is just past incipient, I'm probably not going to be really super strict about this. But if this is a child like what we had um, next door where the teeth, the caries are you know, near the pulp and we're looking at OR time and a one-year wait for the OR, then I'm going to get real firm real fast. Because if it's my child, I do not want this child to go home and suffer with pain and get into the to the ER and not get treated and antibiotics and all that. So I'm going to be very clear with her. Now, remember, I can't give you every scenario for every age and every type of kid because I would be here all day. But the point is, is if we, if we pick, you know, the pre-adolescent teen girl who, you know, again, she's a girl like me and maybe that that helps. But the, the thing is, is I'm going to sort of find out what it is that's bothering her. The first thing they'll usually say is I'm scared. They will not say, maybe, I know, I know Dr. White, she gave her 
I don't know, four carps. She had already gotten all the freezing in. She didn't even scream. She is just downright scared to death. So I can deal with someone. I can help someone who's scared. Like I will, you know, okay, now I know what the problem is. So again, like everything else in life, if we don't have an identification of what the real problem is, we can't go into the solutions. So we need to identify what is it? Oh, you're scared. You know what? When I was, you know, I was like you once or, or you know, you can you give her examples of it's okay to be scared. I'm like, you know what? That's totally a reasonable feeling. I'm okay. I'm, it's normal. I'm, I'm happy that you, that you feel that way. However, what, what I know is that I, and I looked right into her eyes and I said this, and I meant this with my deepest, sincerest heart, by the way. I said, you know what? I would never let anything happen to you. I can almost tear up saying it, but I don't because I'm super tough. <laughs> but I, I would say, I, look, I would never let anything happen to you. And I, it's, like a, it's like the way you say it. Like, I am, I'm going to help you today, but nothing bad is going to happen here. Okay? So we're going to create like a safe, make her feel a little safe, and then just say, you know, do you know you, you know, do you understand you have some cavities and things like that? And if they understand that, then again, you can say, look, there's going to be, there's two, only two ways this can go. And it's going to be, we do this today because look, you already got your freezing. You're doing really well. We do this today and we'll be right here. And I said, you know, the assistant, she's going to hold your hand. We're going to get you a blanket. You're going to be just fine. Or your only other option, honey, is if you have, you have to go to the hospital and you're going to have to be put to sleep and I don't mean to scare you or anything and that's not the end of the world either. But why not do it today? If you think you can be brave enough, I think you can do this, I think we should do this today. So I'm starting to see. Now I'm going to gauge how she's responding to me because maybe I'm losing her. But in this case, I didn't. I turned her around She became, and then I said, look, what, would you, what do you think? Do you think... It, would it would it feel better if mom was here with you? Because her mom did come in with her. Now, kids, they need their mother. I'm not going to say it like any other way. They do when they're really scared. So I've, I figured that this might be a good time where we're going to offer to let the mom come in. However, here's my catch. Never let a parent in the room until you have briefed them and prepared them out to act in the room. Okay? Never. Always get them catch them in the hallway, which I did. I went down the hallway. Mom was coming in because she had been out in the, staying out in the car with her other child and she had the child with her. And she, um, I was thinking to myself, okay, so I'm going to figure out a way to, they can't have both of them in there. It's just going to be too crowded. Also, I want the mom to be fully focused on the child. And I don't want the brother, younger baby brother to see any of this in case this goes south. So because then we have, we've created another problem. So I suggested the little boy, I'm like, hi, like I, greeted the mom but I also greeted the boy face to face and I said hi how are you and I said you know what your sister your mommy needs your sister your sister needs your mom right now and I'm just wondering do you have like a phone or do you have a book or something you can read and we can put you set you up in the in the reception area and you can be out there because I need your mom to go in with your sister and then I said look I said <clears throat> this is she's doing okay but she really needs you I said however sometimes when parents go in the room and that might not be you but sometimes when parents go and they actually make it worse for us so what I'd really like you to do is I want you to be firm with her I want you to be not like babying her and coddling are you okay honey I don't want you to say those things to her even though you might feel like because you're her mom and I understand you're going to want to say those things to her don't do that what will be really helpful to us if you really want her to get this done today would be if you are a little bit firm you say you know what they're not hurting you no I know it feels uncomfortable it's okay and just tell her it's okay and I'm going to be right here with you. And so we're, we're basically, we got to coach the 
Okay, here's what you got to do as a dentist, by the way. You got to coach your team. You got to coach your patients and you have to coach the loved ones of your patients, <laughs> the parents or the whatever, the husbands or wives. So you really need to learn how to not offend them because you don't want to be like, I'm going to tell you what to say. Like you can't, you can't say this, you can't say that, but you have to be like, here's how you can help. Here's how you can help us help her. And then by doing that and directing it, she went in there and she was so great and she kept an arm's length and she's like, nope, they're not hurting you, honey. Cause I'm, when the child starts to hear the, you know, again, one of the other things I forgot to mention, she said that she said, you know, Oh, I don't, I just don't like the rumbling. Now she's frozen. She doesn't like the pressure from the slow speed. We can't change that. So what we're going to do is we're going to say that is something that can't be changed. But yes, you don't like it. But I don't like it when it rains either. But I sometimes I still have to put up with that. Or sometimes I don't like it when, you know, when I spill something. Or I don't like it when my clothes don't fit right. Just because we don't like something doesn't mean that we can't get through it. And so I kept saying that and I told that to the mom and I told the teller that and I, and I told it to the child as well. I'm like, just because you don't like it doesn't mean you can't do this. You can do this. And I said, I'm going to be right here. And then I started really using positive, upbeat ver like verbiage. Like I was not, there was no negativity in my tone. In fact, there was nothing but positivity and excitement. Like try to build a little bit of excitement. By the end of it, she was kind of laughing and there was a lot going on there now at another when they did the second quad because they decided she came from quite a drive away um we started to lose her again well I come back in the room and have another little coaching session with her and offer her listen when you're done I've got a puppy out back I need that needs to go for a piece so I'm going to need your help so just trying to go, do things having incentives for the kids is is good but I think what we need to really do is we need to talk to our kids and we need to talk to the parents and we need to be able to coach and make everybody feel like they're all on the same page and lastly I guess is what your assistant can do is not just of course hold the suction and give you hand you things you want your assistant to be aware that holding the child's hand, talking to the child a little bit, but not over talking me. You don't want everybody in the room talking. I always insist on being the only person talking to some degree. So there will be some talk. And sometimes if it can get relaxed enough, we'll talk about funny things. We'll put a, their favorite show on the overhead monitor. We'll do all those things. But at the end of the day, if it's, you start to lose the child and they're thinking they can get out of this, because they're going to try to do that. Of course they are. They don't realize the, the cost for the parent to take the day off work and the gas and the, and the time invested in us that we invest if they decide to not get through this. So we got to be a little bit tough. We got to communicate and we just got to give guidance. And often... I have hardly ever had this not work. But one of the key things, like I said, the drive home points, takeaway points here is to really communicate and coach the parent too and not just like let them kind of say and do what they want in the room because that's just going to make your job so much harder. If you have any questions, I love to coach other dentists. I'm available for that. You can reach me on my Instagram at Dr. Peggy Bound. And also, if you have any questions about this topic, for sure. Just, uh, just DM me and I'd be happy to answer. And I'd love to hear from you. So if you've heard, um, or you think, you know, anybody else who's a dentist or in dentistry that would love this podcast, then for sure, just take a little screenshot of your podcast and tag me, uh, and Instagram. And I'd love to, to have you share that with as many of your colleagues as possible. Okay. That's it guys. Thank you. We'll see you next time. 
Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day to, to listen to this podcast. And again, hopefully I inspired you in some way. If you feel this was helpful or you have any colleagues that you think would really maybe enjoy some, some of the content like this, we're going to be here every week. And I would so appreciate it if you would subscribe to my channel and also share this little discovery of this new podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you do want to reach me, you can certainly find me through my social media channels, Dr. Peggy Bound or Peggy Bound Dentistry, and or you can reach me on my email, peggy at smilesbybound.com. 